0: I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami!
1: It is Friday. You guys made it to the weekend. What's up, Dolph fans? And welcome into the Friday, June, the first edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose Of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show potential extensions on the horizon the Dolphins were awarded 17 million dollars in cap space today from the and Sioux release and how will that money be used also week two of OTAs is in the books we've got three more player press conferences to get to as well as some on the field notes and what the hell is going on with Leontay Carew but before any of that I have to remind you guys go and subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcast leave us a rating leave us a review Give me a follow on Twitter at Winkle NFL and follow the show at LockdownFins. Check out lockdowndolphins.com for all the daily written Dolphins content needs. We have new pieces up from Kadeem Simmons right now, as well as yours truly. And of course, the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts, like the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We got game one of the NBA Finals happening tonight as I record this episode. I am going to go ahead and go with the Warriors as I. Think everybody else will do the same thing. Although I am a big LeBron James fan, so I'm hoping like hell that he can find a way to get the Cavs over that last hump once more. But the deck is definitely stacked against him going up against that loaded Golden State team. So we'll see what happens. By the time you guys hear this podcast, game one will be in the books. So this will be past news. Let's go ahead and get back into football and talk about the Dolphins on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. So OTAs are wrapping up now as it is Thursday afternoon recording this podcast. Week 2 of OTAs is in the books, and the Dolphins sent three more new faces to the podium that haven't previously spoken to the media before today. And those players were Danny Amendola, Kenny Stills, and Frank Gore. So two new guys and three definitely big-time leaders of this team all took to the podiums. So let's go ahead and jump right into what all of them had to say. Started off with Danny Amendola was a pretty, I guess... I, I guess the best of the bunch of the interviews just because he gave you a couple of nuggets from things that you would hear from the Patriots way or back when he was in new England kind of, bringing that mentality down to Miami, talking about how if you practice at a high level, you're going to play at a high level. And just getting these guys and all the guys around him at a certain energy level and at a certain intensity in practice, because if you do that intensity within practice, it's going to replicate itself on game day. And you might as well get to it now in late May, early June now, as the calendar turns over to June 1st. And it's just paramount to get some of these guys in the right mentality of playing at that level every single day. So they can come to camp in July, knowing what to expect and just roll that same wave right into the season and never really stop the momentum you've gained all off season. It's a long progress. We all know how long the season really is for NFL players these days It really never stops for them. So just bringing that same mentality every day, it's very nice to have that infectious personality. And then the next question they asked him was about the no huddle offense. And this was the other big note I took from him, was a little bit of a giggle from him. And you can obviously tell that he likes running the no huddle. He talked about how it puts a strain on the defense and forces them into certain packages they don't want to be in and get guys tired out. And especially playing in Miami, we've talked about the fact that the Dolphins have four home games prior to Halloween, which is a very new thing for us in recent years, the Dolphins are a very good team at home in September and October because of some of the London trips, because of the weather last year. They've lost a lot of those games as well as bye weeks too. Obviously the orange carpet and late start times didn't help either, but this year we're back with a bunch of early September, October home games at one o'clock and that hurry up is only going to help these this offense get better. It's going to keep the defense off the field as long as you can be efficient in it. And it's going to keep the opposing defense on the field for a lot of snaps, which is not a good recipe for success playing in the South Florida Heat. So you can tell he wants to get a part of that. He says he always practices with great fundamentals and you want to be perfect in everything you do. It just, it's all a Bill Belichick, New England type of mentality. And that's why the Dolphins brought him here pretty much guaranteed. That was the idea and the thinking. And it looks like it's already paying dividends early on into camp. Talked about the key to the no huddle being repetition and how you have to do it and you have to do it the same way every day. So he really honed in on that point there. And it really coincides with the idea this coaching staff wants to get guys in the right places and get them set as the starting group, as role players, as early as you possibly can. So you can practice with that regular season mentality, even though it's only June 1. He talked about Tannehill being a good quarterback, and they have to develop some trust, which they are working on right now. He's going to do whatever Tannehill wants him to do, and being in the right spot is a key to being a quarterback-friendly type of receiver. He has a lot of respect for Bobby McCain. He's had that twice and mention that they are cut from the same cloth. So that's kind of why you'll see two guys from the same ilk that will get into a fight on a game day because they're wearing different colors. So now they're in the same uniform and making each other better every day in practice. And just the general tone of the press conference, you can tell he definitely comes from the Patriots in New England. Doesn't give him a whole lot out of the stuff that I talked about. Just talked about teammates being there for them, that they're great players. He's going to do what's best for the team. All the same generic codes you would hit in a Bill Belichick press conference. But the bad part was he was the most exciting one of the day because Frank Gore's entire press conference was about his son, a running back in high school, and his homecoming into Miami and playing in front of his hometown fans and all of that stuff. There really was not a lot there, so not a lot to report on with Frank Gore. And then Kenny Stills, I had a hard time watching his because, as you guys know, I don't bring up the TMZ type of stuff. And this isn't really a TMZ, but the, the stuff that doesn't pertain to actual football news I don't talk about it on the show. I make it a point to not do it. And even by talking about this right now, I'm kind of going over my limit in terms of sticking to football and the on the field stuff. But I want to get into it a little bit because Kenny Stills, his entire press conference was about the anthem and that type of stuff. And I just, it, I didn't want to watch it and go through it. And even though I side with the players, I, I really don't want the show to become anything else outside of what the game is. But he makes a good point. Kenny Stills is an awesome young man. I really wish him the best in all the stuff he does. He's a great guy for the community, great guy in Miami, and does so much stuff off the field. Just a really, really cool human being. And I wish that he could be treated better in regards to what his beliefs are and trying to make the justice system a little bit more fair for him and his peers. So side with you on that, Kenny Stills. That's pretty much all the press conference is about, so not, not a whole lot more to get into there. But we do have a lot more to get to on this podcast here, as it is Bobby Bonilla Day for the Dolphins times 17. And we'll talk about that next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked Fins.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game-changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.
1: If you guys aren't aware of what Bobby Bonilla Day is, he gets a check every year from the Mets. I think it's July 1st for a million, $1.1 million up until 2035 for some super long buyout contract he agreed to with the Mets when they decided to go ahead and buy out his contract. So every year he gets $1.1 million, and today the Dolphins get $17 million of cap relief relief coming from the Indomitian consu release. And this is kind of what they planned for. And you have two options here. You can leave the money on the table and roll it over into cap next year. I'm not super privy to how all those details work. But I know you can do that, and it definitely cost them last year with Jay Cutler's eating up $10 million of the cap and not allowing them to roll it over this year. Probably cost the Dolphins either one of Sue and or Jarvis Landry, if you can start that way, as long as as well as the Andre branch, Kiko Alonso, and TJ McDonald deals did. Nonetheless, we're not here to crap on all those contracts the Dolphins gave out, the bad contracts they gave out. But what could they do with some of this money? Because they're typically a team that doesn't really – they don't really roll the money over. They usually use all the resources that are afforded and are willing to turn over every stone. That's one thing you have to appreciate about Mike Tannenbaum and Steven Ross and Chris Greer and this entire organization is that they, they, they put the effort into finding the pieces. The decisions might not be the best, but at least they're not penny-pinching like some other organizations do. So there are some free agents you can talk about. Jonathan Hankins is still out there, the defensive tackle that everyone kind of has an eye on in regards to what he could be because this Dolphins defensive tackle group, while it's young and hungry, it's not even close to proven and possibly one of the worst units on this team. So he could come in and have a big impact right away. Maybe a quarterback shakes free. We've heard about Teddy Bridgewater possibly already finding himself on the way out in New York just because of the Sam Darnold draft and Josh McCown played really well last year in New York. So he's probably a good bridge guy to get to him. And then Bridgewater is the odd man out. So those are the two possibilities. I don't think it'll be a linebacker. I think they're, they're pretty much happy with what they have there right now with tons of guys competing for back end of the roster spots there. But I think spending the money in-house would be the best option and there's really only one guy that, to me, truly deserves a new deal who's coming up on a contract. And in my opinion, that is Bobby McCain. There are several guys on this team that are going into the contract year. He's the the primary one for me. And there are several guys going into year three that are not, those guys aren't allowed to talk about new deals yet until you finish your third year in the league. But I would consider Kenyon Drake and Xavier Howard atop that list. And the next guy that is eligible for a new deal that I would consider is Jawan James, but I also want to him to prove that he's healthy this year and not a guy that's just going to play seven to nine games as he has been wont to do the last couple of years or two out of the last three years, I should say. But talking about Bobby McCain, there was some talk in the press conference about the contract, but also about him playing on the outside. And if you look at Chris Harris in Denver, pretty much well known as the best slot cornerback in the NFL. He doesn't leave the field despite the fact that the nickel corner or the nickel package is what you run about 75% of the time. Three fourths of the plays come out of nickel package. And Chris Harris, when they are in the 25% instance where it is base or just two cornerbacks on the field, he goes outside and plays outside because he's their best option. And if you guys go back to an article I wrote back in February called Miami's Multipurpose Man, Bobby McCain, it's on lockdowndolphins.com. And in that piece, I wrote about his ability to play different looks. And there are clips in there where he plays a two-deep safety look. There are clips where he plays on the edge, on the perimeter, where he takes up Emmanuel Sanders or Demaryius Thomas on the outside And the reason he was thrust into that position was because Cordray Tankersley got hurt in that game and McCain had to play some on the outside. And I thought he played very, very well in that game. The whole defense as a whole really shut down that Broncos offense. And whether or not you want to say it was Trevor Simeon and how ineffective he is is another story. But McCain, if you just look at his coverage, he got his hands on some footballs. He had that tip that led to a McDonald interception. He was very physical. He loves to play that feisty mentality. He can tackle on the edge so you don't lose anything in run support if he's out there. I just think it makes a lot of sense for him to get some more looks on the outside. Because for my money, he's the best cornerback on the team. At least right now, I think Xavier Howard could be. And I think Cordray Tankersley long-term could possibly be two in terms of the outside. But right now, as it is today, you're not losing. It's not like you're putting Tankersley or Howard on the bench. And let's be honest, it would be Tankersley. Howard is going to be the right cornerback you wouldn't lose Tankersley to the bench. He's just going to play 25% less of the snaps and McCain gets elevated to playing the 100% role. So that's what I would do, play McCain on the outside and then when the third cornerback comes onto the field, McCain stays and kicks inside to play nickel and then you have your traditional nickel set there with Howard, McCain, and Tankersley. So that's my thought. Get the guy a new contract. You can do it now for probably relatively cheap. He's only had one really, really good year. He had an okay year in 2016 and he didn't do much as a rookie in 2015. So. He's definitely a trending up player and you can probably get him now cheaper than you would in the future. So that just makes a lot of sense to me. And moving forward and kind of shifting gears, talking about a player that is trending in the opposite direction of Bobby McCain, Leonte Carew had an injury in practice, or I guess they, they want to have surgery on his knee and get some stuff cleaned up. It's going to force him out of OTAs up until training camp, but he's supposed to be back for training camp. So A a really bad news, a bit of bad news for a guy that couldn't afford any bad news. There is a plethora of wide receivers behind him that are kind of challenging for that last potential spot on the roster. And you look ahead of him, the top five guys, obviously Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant, and newcomer Albert Wilson all have a say in the top five receiving spots on this team. And they are definitely going to be the top five. There is no question about that. None of those guys are getting cut. I guess you could probably see one guy get traded, maybe Devontae Parker or Jakeem Grant. I I don't see it, but I guess it's not out of the realm of possibilities. But Leontae Carew is jockeying for the sixth wide receiver position, and he's got some guys behind him that want to have a say in that. Isaiah Ford, Drew Morgan, Rashawn Scott, Francis Owusu, even Malcolm Lewis, all of these guys that are vying for a spot on the roster if the Dolphins do keep six wide receivers. And now, once again, he's on the shelf, unable to fend them off for himself in practice. So not good news for him he's had some opportunities to get on the field and very, very limited opportunities, only a couple hundred snaps in his career. Somebody told me on Twitter that he had all these opportunities and hasn't taken advantage of them. And I'm thinking, what opportunities has he had? Because this 11 personnel package that runs Landry, Stills, and Parker onto the field every play, they don't come out of the game. And Devontae Parker's missed a few games, and he's had a couple of shots to go in there, whereas the Dolphins would probably go more towards 12 personnel and two tight ends when Devontae Parker came out. But even still, when he had those cracks, he didn't make a whole lot of noise. But besides those couple of chances, I mean, Kenny Stills doesn't get hurt. Jarvis Landry doesn't get hurt. They don't leave the field. He really never had a chance to get onto the field that much. So opportunity hasn't been great, but he also has not seized the the small opportunities that he's had and speaking of injuries here Tony Lippett was back at practice so was Charles Harris after some minor nicks and bruises the other day so nothing to worry about with those guys Dolphins all good on the injury front for now heading into week three of the OTAs and we have one segment left on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast we'll do that next at Winkfield NFL at Lockdown Fins
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements?
1: We can take you into the weekend on this podcast here and just kind of finish things up. Most of the news and notes out of the way. I wanted to thank you guys again for the massive success of the Jeff Darlington podcast. We had our best month ever on the podcast for the month of May. And even without Jeff Gallington's podcast, which had over 5,000 downloads, we still had the best month. So take out the biggest podcast, and we still broke records this month. So big thanks to all of you guys for doing that. Of course, the Ryan Tannehill charting project is in full force. Week number nine up there right now on LockedOnDolphins.com, talking about that Jets game. Some video breakdowns for you guys there. Coming up will be the Know the Enemy series. I'm going to break down all 13 of the Dolphins' opponents obviously the Jets, Bills, and Patriots twice, and look into what they do best, how they can attack the Dolphins, how the Dolphins can attack them, and just give you an outlier there for what we're looking at with this year's opponents coming up. I'm also thinking about doing something with Raekwon McMillan and Jerome Baker playing together on the field at Ohio State in 2016. So keep an eye out for all of that. That is all written content on LockedOnDolphins.com. Monday's podcast will have another special guest Antoine Staley of USA Today joins to talk about the Miami Dolphins OTA program so far. We already recorded that podcast. It was a great conversation, so don't forget to check that one out as well. And before we get out of here for the weekend, I want to go ahead and read a couple of these reviews you guys have written on iTunes. We have 114 reviews up there right now on the iTunes chart, and it is so crucial to get those reviews in there for the brand to continue to grow and get out to more Dolphins. We really, really appreciate you guys that took the time to go ahead and do that. Even if it's just one sentence in a five-star rating, it makes a huge difference for us. So here are some of the reviews you guys have written recently. First one is from Pauly Wheels. Shout out to Travis. This podcast is always informative. Travis does his homework and looks at the big picture, unique content, and great analysis. It doesn't get any better than this. Big thanks for you on that one, Paul. Really appreciate that. Next one comes from Artemis63. Must see TV for your ears. Well-informed, in-depth, No holds barred and no Kool-Aid. What more do you want? Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, sir. Next one is uh, from Finzler. Keep up the great work is a title. I listen to every single podcast you put out except the injury one. I'm assuming that's the Ryan Tannehill one. And I always love the analysis you give, especially in the combination with the stuff you do on the website. TW taught me quite a few things I didn't know before and has given me more of a keen eye for football. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. And the last one comes from Dolphin Ray. Hey, Travis, love your list. The only player I would add is Kalen Balaj. talking about the top 25 list, obviously. He is a Swiss Army knife, and I believe he is going to be a monster, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. However, that would be contingent on Coach Gaze playing a rookie. As we all know, he tends to shy away from putting too much on first-year players. Go Finns, 11 wins, and challenging the Pats for the AFC East title. I love the way you finished that review and very much appreciate that review, as well as going kind of in lockstep with me on Kalen Blas. You guys know I'm a big fan of the running back out of Arizona State. I just don't – I'm not ready to do it yet. I think he's going to be a good player, but I'm not going to put him up there just yet. So we have plenty more to come on the podcast this summer, guys. We are going to have Ryan Smith of Pro Football Focus will be on the podcast a week from Monday, and then the following Monday will be Henry Hodgson of NFL Media once again coming back to the podcast for a second round. Can't wait to talk to those guys. Once again, Antoine Staley coming up on Monday. And that is going to finish up this podcast as well as the week of podcasts here on Locked On Dolphins. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL Follow the show at Locked Fins. And follow our flagship show at Locked On NFL both on Twitter and Facebook. Of course, LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday with Antoine Staley for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.